I think what I've learned about essential ingredients in an adult education ministry is it's it has to be the right combination of connection and content. So some of us are, we think solely in terms of content. If we get the right teacher and the right material, then everyone's going to show up. This is sort of the field of dreams mentality, you know, that it's the right content will, will get people. And other people really focus on the fellowship aspect. Who's who's going to be in the room with me? Who, you know, if my class is doing coffee and donuts, who's who, who do I get to visit with before class? And what I've learned here is a lot of time ministry leaders will focus so much on the content and forget about the connection. So what I tell my Bible class teachers are like, listen, I hope you do really well. Uh, I'm rooting for you. But if you have a bad class or even a bad couple of weeks, it's really not the end of the world because our people are there to see each other as well. They're there to connect. So I think those two things have to be together. It's who's leading, but also who's in the room with me. And you got to focus on both of those things and create that atmosphere of hospitality that will make connection happen just as much as you focus on, hey, do we have the right content for our people? What are the essential ingredients for a healthy adult education ministry? My very special guest, Josh Kincaid, and you're on An Avenue for Faith. podcast, I'm asking, what are the essential ingredients in a healthy adult education ministry, as well as laying out our own core principles and values as a ministry team in pursuit of developing a full-fledged, comprehensive program that glorifies Jesus and changes lives? To help us accomplish this, we've gathered helpful tips, best practices, interesting takes, useful resources, and exciting interviews. My guest today is Josh Kincaid, Education Minister at Memorial Road Church of Christ in Oklahoma City. A 2,000-member church, Memorial Road has long been a leader in Christian education. 90% of their worshiping community actively takes part in their Sunday morning classes, as well as learning groups and connect groups throughout the week, which are all well-prepared for in person and online. Their website offers free curriculum to any and all, and Josh himself provides training seminars on how to do all of this well. Josh, curriculum online, a plethora of class offerings, Zoom training for your teachers. Tell us about the inspiration behind all that you offer. Well, let me talk about our curriculum online first. That was happening before I got here. Uh, so Memorial Road is, you know, 2,200 members. Now, we don't know what that's going to look like when we, when we start returning, but that's what we were like last February. Um, we're right next door to Oklahoma Christian University. So there's sort of this strong ethos of, of Bible teaching here. And there's been a, a lot of great people who have written curriculum, both paid staff and volunteers. And we've... We kind of believe to whom much is given, much is expected. And so we view ourselves as much as possible uh, as trying to bless other churches who who most other churches don't have people who are paid to do adult ed or write curriculum. And so we're trying our best to serve those churches 
so uh, mo- much of our curriculum that we write in-house is put online so that others can get it. A, a lot of churches have people who might be willing to teach but are a little um, – they don't know where to start in actually preparing a lesson. And so w- we're trying to equip teachers with curriculum. Uh, m- almost all of our curriculum is textual, moving straight through a book, a few other uh, topical things. But our model is Sunday mornings we study the Bible uh, as a textual study most of the time. So we did that. Um, that that was happening before I got here in 2008, and I've tried to to carry that on. As far as other uh, things I'm doing for um, e- equipping teachers, especially in a in an emerging digital era, uh, you know, we have 20 adult Bible classes here, and in March, everybody just sort of got thrown into uh, teaching online. Um, and so I've found that there are really great teachers who are not necessarily tech savvy, and we ought not to require good teachers to be tech savvy. Some of the best teachers here are either generationally or other ways in, in other ways just not really wanting to mess with teaching online or learning how. And I don't want to exclude them and their wisdom from the church. So I'm trying to make it easier for people to teach in different venues regardless of their skill set. So what I've put online about, you know, how to teach on Zoom is just a trial and error that I and other teachers have learned uh, uh, in the past nine months for making adult learning more successful on Zoom. Speak more about curriculum, because I find that is one area most churches struggle with. How do I find good material and the right material? How do I know what to offer and how to pitch it at the right level? Well, I would just say that remember that when you think of your church's curriculum, it's not just your adult ed ministry. I mean, the curriculum includes what's being preached from the pulpit. It includes what people are learning uh, by participating in mission trips. So it, it's it's a reminder that adult education ministries are one of a larger piece, and it's it's really helpful to, to sit down and think of your whole church's curriculum and what gaps, or not maybe gaps, but what places you can fill most effectively. And it kind of depends on, you know, it um, is your preacher uh, a deep expositor? Is your preacher a very practical life skills person? And you might, uh, you might counterbalance that with what you do um, in your adult classes because your people are learning from sermons, they're learning from mission trips, they're learning from serving in other ministries. Um and so you don't want to you you don't want to duplicate that with what you're doing in adult ed. These are very helpful insights. At Sherrod Avenue, we aim to be intentional. And while not every class or every get together has to check off everything on the list, as a ministry, we want our program be built on seven core principles. First, we aim to be biblically rooted in the word. Second, we want to be theologically grounded in healthy Christian doctrine. Third, we want our offerings to be spiritual, where adult learners are spiritually directed toward the abundant life. Fourth, we want to be missional, devoted to discipleship and preparing our members to discover their God-given gifts for ministry. Fifth, we want to create and maintain an attractive, welcoming atmosphere for all people, the unchurched and the deeply committed. Sixth, we aim to be relational, building relationships as people connect and share lives with one another in the body of Christ. And finally, we want to be relevant, whether a class is a deep dive into the text of Scripture or a life skills seminar on parenting as a Christian, we want everything we do to connect real life with real faith. 
Josh, that's our commitment as a church. It might sound like a lot. Is it too much? No, it's not. No, I think you need things like that um, to to decide what you're going to offer and what you, what you're not, because mm-hmm. you're going to have a lot of things on your plate. You know, a lot of different options. And I think if you run your options through those criteria, uh, those are really helpful. I think every adult ed program needs something beyond. Well, who's willing to teach, and we'll let them teach whatever they want to teach. Which I'm always grateful for people who are willing to teach. But I want some filters to run that through to say, does it meet the aims uh, of this program? And what the, the criteria you've described sound really helpful. Help me start from the beginning with our commitment to being intentional. Would you speak to the importance of that? I think a lot of people understandably think that if I spend an hour on a Sunday morning in a class studying the Bible, or if I spend an hour and a half, you know, in a living room with people in a small group studying spirit or talking about spiritual topics, um, that's a win. And what I want to say is, well, of course that's a win. I'd rather you be doing that than a lot of other things. But that that in and of itself is not enough. I mean, I can spend an hour on Romans chapter one. So what? So what's the point? What are my aims? And I, you know, talk to people in the professional education community, and they're going to tell you about learning outcomes. They're going to tell you about program goals. And there are important things we can learn from educational theory. And one of the most important things is every lesson, every series, every time together ought to have a goal. I'm studying Romans 1 so that what? What am I going to believe differently? What am I going to feel differently? What am I going to do differently? So I think having those those aims in mind um, and being intentional and saying it, it, is, it, is, it is somewhat of a win to spend time together studying and discussing the Bible, but the greatest win is doing that with with goals and aims in mind. Part of being intentional is knowing your people. The number one rule for speakers is to know your audience. And what I find in lots of churches is a very strong children's ministry. But then a big question mark, how do we duplicate this for adults? And this should be obvious, but we often overlook how adult learners are their own breed. We don't learn the same way we did when we were kids. Could you tell us a bit about how you approach specifically adult education? Well, the the biggest difference between adult learners and and child learners in a school system is that adult learners are are there voluntarily. (laughs) And um, there's no program compelling them to be there. And so if they don't want to be there, they're not going to come. Um, One of the things I've learned is that, you know, Maybe 30 years ago, the model was most people, the people that were there on Sundays and Wednesdays and small groups were going to be there regardless. Um, And now I've learned that I want to make sure that, to speak to what I said earlier, there is good content that's compelling to come. So I think adult learners, um, they're going to come because they want to be there, because they feel it's important to be there, some, some mixture of that. And the other thing about adult learners is... Most of them are either, you know, at jobs all day, they're helping with children all day. So they're mentally exhausted because they're working their brain in so many other ways. I mean, children learners, their their main job is going to school. And like for us, let's take Wednesday nights, for example, which we still have that. And 
a lot of our people, they're smart. It's not that they don't want to learn and engage deep content. It's just that Wednesday nights at 7, they're done with deep engagement. And sometimes they need um, some content that is just sort of encouraging, uh, maybe some worship nights. And so we've kind of tried to find a balance between giving people opportunities to engage, you know, special, um, maybe deeper topics, and then also just letting them be spiritually formed in equally important ways that that might not fit the model of traditional adult education. I have always loved being a part of a Sunday morning Bible class, both as a teacher and a participant. I believe I formed my greatest and deepest church friendships right there in my Bible class. When I lived in Arkansas, I found a Wednesday night class at church that was so inviting that it really was my door into that congregation. I felt a part of that group long before I ever felt that way in the larger assembly on Sunday morning. Now, we've all seen the trend toward a greater focus on small groups and small group ministries. And that's great. We have a great small group ministry at Sherrod. The nagging question in my mind is if we neglect the power of a traditional Sunday morning or even midweek Bible class as a safe and nurturing entryway into the life of faith or of a faith community. Yeah, classes I think are still important. They are, if you look at group size theory, our classes would be what we would call a medium sized group, which is the, the difference, you know, worship would be the large group. I don't even know everyone in this room. And the small group is like, I know everyone in this living room and I know all their business, right? And the medium sized group is sort of, I know most people in this room. I know their kids or at least who they are. Um, if something goes wrong in their life, I'm one of the people who who is there to help. So I, I know this group well enough. And I'm excited to be with them each time we meet. Now, what we've done at Memorial Road, and again, model for a long time before I got here, is like our Sunday classes essentially stick together for life. Like they come out of college and they're, they start every few years, we start a new young adults, young couples, young singles class, and they stick together. So I mean, the downside of that is you can get very cliquish classes, and our classes will acknowledge that, you know, it's it's hard for people to break in. They move to town and hear these people who've been together for 20, 30 years. But what it means is these groups are excited to be together each week. Regardless of who's teaching or what the topic is, I'm seeing my people. I get to check in with them. For our people who aren't really interested in small groups, this is their main uh, community. I would say Bible classes are more foundational, at least for the time being, in our model of ministry than um, small groups. Ninety. So on a given Sunday, at least pre-COVID, about 85 to 90 percent of our worship attendees were going to a Bible class that day, which is a really high percentage and one for which I'm grateful. Our small groups are maybe more like 50 to 60 percent of our membership. And that's just because the order we did things. We had a longstanding Bible class program. Our small groups ministry is about 10 years old. So um I think when when your learning communities do things besides just learn, so when they connect, when they're having uh, uh, social gatherings, when they're serving together, like our adult learning communities are still the primary way we do service projects. You know, if it's if it's time to go serve our community, we, we organize those projects by adult class. So they're doing things together outside of that learning hour that create connection. Part of making those classes inviting and part of our seven core principles is intentionally creating an attractive and welcoming atmosphere in our church. How important is that? 
Yeah, I mean, atmosphere is important. Um, educational theorists will tell you that you teach not only by the the direct content that you teach, but you teach by the atmosphere that you create, even in space. One of the concepts I have learned over the years is that space teaches. And what the kind of environment you set up communicates how important you think your adult education program is. And if it seems thrown together, if it's in dingy spaces that are not uh, comfortable, and I'm not talking about, you know, going over the top and, and, and spending a lot of money, but I'm just saying the space that you're in, uh, is it comfortable and welcoming? And does it communicate that this is an important way to be spending your time? So just the, the, the way people walk in, I mean, I'm talking about simple things like, do people who might be coming for the first time, who might even be arriving late, have to walk into what it what you've set up as the front of a room <laughs> or the back of the room. I mean, it's it's simple things like that. The, the, they don't want to walk in and be immediately noticed. Are there low key ways for them to come and join without having to walk in and everyone sees them? Or if it's a, like a small group at someone's house, are there some refreshments available? Even if it's not a meal, which I don't think has to happen, but uh, are there some refreshments available so that it's obvious what you should be doing when you first walk in, which is walk over to the counter and you know grab some uh, crackers or, or you know off a veggie tray and something to drink, rather than standing around awkwardly. So our adult learning communities. Almost all of them have coffee and some sort of breakfast uh, for the first few minutes so that you walk into a welcoming atmosphere. You're not put on the spot. You can go grab a cup of coffee because you see that's what everyone else is doing. And then you can go sit. So that'd be part one of creating a welcoming atmosphere, which is just like, what environment do you have set up? And does it put people on the spot or does it let them kind of blend in? Uh, The second part I would talk about is, you know, do your classes model open inquiry or do you get a lot of stuff of, oh, well, we're not going to cover that today. That's that's too deep or that'll cause controversy. And if you say that enough, what you're communicating to people is, oh, this program doesn't really have answers for the really important, you know, thing of my day. They're going to play it safe. And obviously there's a balance. You don't want to do that every week. But if the leaders of the class are consistently deferring or putting off dealing with difficult topics, even if they come up from the class, that teaches something to people as well. It's interesting that you didn't say, we have some groups that stick together for life, and that's bad. Break them up. No, what you want to do is what, what you want to do is find other times for people to mix intergenerationally or other so like for us, Sunday morning is basically age and life stage. Okay. Wednesday nights and small groups provide opportunities to be in intergenerational groups or top, you know, Wednesday nights is like, I'm going to go to this basically that's, I might say our model is Sunday morning is heavy on connection, but we still try to provide good, solid biblical content. Wednesday night is almost completely content driven because I'm going to go to this room for this six or 13 weeks based solely on the teacher and the topic. And then next time we start a round of classes, I might go to to this room um, and there'll be a whole different mix of people in there um, to, to, to engage that teacher and topic. So um, yes, it is okay if some of your groups are sort of set in place, because that is one reason people will keep coming back. Some of my listeners will be wondering the same thing I'm wondering. I'd love to do all this, but our church doesn't have a large paid staff, 2,000 members, and offer 20 classes. How can smaller churches and programs offer something for everyone? What I've found as a ministry leader is it's 
and I don't know what kind of schedule you're going to set up and if you're going to try to do Sunday morning and Wednesday night, et cetera. What, what I've found is like on Sunday morning, all of our classes are studying essentially the same thing, same curriculum. So all I'm worried about is which teacher is in each class and not worried about what each class is studying. So the main re- again, they're together on Sunday mornings for Bible study. And, and to connect. And then on Wednesday nights, um, that's more, you might think, a university-style elective system. And um, I actually have, I, I call it an advisory team of uh, a cross-section of men and women from our congregation that sit down with me once or twice a year and try to plan out um, some great Wednesday night offerings, taking into account, like, what's our... Th- our church has a theme each year, so are we hitting that? What What are some sermon series that we might want to piggyback off of? What's a good balance of like deep, you know, intellectual content versus um, maybe you know maybe some uh, worship nights that are very uh, edifying for people? Like how do we how do we balance all that? And how do we make sure that each quarter uh, we do it by quarters here? How do we make sure that each time we offer a round of classes? there is something that everyone could at least feel like is for them, even if they choose not to go. Um, So like for us, it might look like uh, uh, an intermediate or advanced textual study and maybe a basic textual study, and then maybe a a marriage or parenting class, uh, maybe one or two book clubs, um, that that kind of thing. And that way everyone always had, and then it's a matter of, hey, if there are some standout classes, let's let's repeat them once a year so that people who didn't make it last time, or maybe they were helping in our children's classes, bless them, and they weren't attending an adult class, maybe they can, can come and hit that content uh, next time it's offered. Josh, I'm so glad you were able to join me today. I want to plug your excellent work. If anyone listening wants to learn more from you or have you come speak to their church, would you tell everyone how they can reach out to you? Well, so our church's website is mrcc.org, Memorial Road Church of Christ, mrcc.org. And that's where you can find, uh, like all of our adult curriculum is housed there. Um, My website is joshkincaid.com. And I just have, I have links to our church's curriculum there, but I also just have resources for uh, people who are, uh, for everyday Christians who want to know more about, you know, how to read the Bible. I did a class last fall called Reading Responsibly, did that live on Facebook and YouTube, and those videos are linked there. And then just some of the things we've talked about on, you know, teaching effectively on Zoom or, you know, book recommendations, those are housed there as well. I I try my best to be a resource uh, for churches and Christians in the area of, of adult ed and spiritual formation. Josh, great to have you. In our next podcast, we're going to make the case for being intentional about creating an adult education ministry that lives out the calling of Jesus to share the good news, bring people into the communal life of God and His people, and prepare them for greater discipleship. Next up, intentional, developing a vision for the Great Commission. Thank you for joining us on The Avenue for Faith.